Tonight we're talking two episodes of Famously Single. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. What up, After Buzzers? It's your boy DJ Jesse J here in studio for E's newest show, Famously Single, and of course, AfterBuzz had to be talking about it. I'm super excited, even though I'm in studio all by myself. You know, we had to get somebody from the show, so we have on the line right now with us dating coach Rob Mack. What up, Robert? What's up? How's it going? Awesome. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, now we're listening to right now Dumb Blonde, Aubrey, one of the um, uh, cast members on the show, her group. Uh, so make sure you guys check out their music. Real place, you know, some of the girls have some dope music out there. Like, I, I actually, Samaya Reese was one of the first people I met here in LA, believe it or not. So very interesting to see her on this show because, girl, girl done grown up. Um, all right, Robert, what was it like getting involved with this show? Oh, man, it was awesome. It was totally different than what I expected it to be. I thought it was going to be, I mean, it was crazy. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but it was so much fun, man. It was so much fun. How did you become um, a part of the process? Yeah, you know, um, they were looking for dating coaches. And, um, you know, they basically found me through a pool of other people, I guess, that are out there, you know, showing people how to find love and, you know, just kind of create better relationships. And that was it. Oh, um, I actually, I forget how it came across you, but I was like, wow, this guy's Instagram. He's so positive. Like, every day, it's all these motivational <laughs> posts. Um, and so you've written a number of books yeah, on, yeah. on dating. Um, how, how do you fall into becoming a dating coach? Like, how do you know, like, you know what? My job is to make sure everybody is in love. <laughs> well, you know, it's a good question because I started out um, – really focusing on happiness and I still focus on happiness I mean that's what we want love for right mm-hmm. and so I went to there's a program at Penn that uh, is called Applied Positive Psychology and it's all about like what makes life worth living it's like the science of happiness and um, I did that you know and uh, like 2006 2007 and I came out and I opened my own practice it was really just about helping people live happier lives mm. and then I started noticing like everybody that was calling me or really calling with relationship problems um, so you know before long it became really more about relationships and dating and finding love and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's about happiness, really. I mean, that's what we're all after, I think, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always have to ask this because it always intrigues me when I talk to dating coaches. And Dar- uh, Darcy, uh, I met her on the NBC carpets, and she was the first one I've actually met who's in a relationship. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. She was like, is that a weird thing? I was like, I have, I have not. And I've been out in L.A. for a while. Met somebody who genuinely is out here hooking people up and ha- is in their own relationship. Because part of me was like, I feel like I need to become a dating coach because I can hook up anybody and, th- and they are all happily with each other and I can't damn find myself a person. Like, I'm just out here like, shoot. So for you, uh, are you a- in a relationship? Were you in a relationship when you first started getting into it? What, what was that? Yeah, you know, I've been in a, a series of relationships uh, over the years. Really, for the most part, happy ones. Okay. Um, you know, but I'm not in a relationship now, uh, per se. I, you know, the thing, the thing about me is that I really genuinely love helping people, and mm-hmm. I love helping people become happier. And so, um, whether they're in a relationship or not, and uh, it just so happens that I'm not in a relationship, a formal one right now. But um, 
you know, the way I see it, and it's going to sound a little bit abstract, and but I really believe that everybody that we meet and talk to every day is another opportunity to like love people. So, um, Amen. you know, you know, I, I did, it's just more important for me for people to realize that because I think when you're just really a loving person and you're like, you know, a fun person and an enjoyable person, a happy person, I think, um, you know, everybody you talk to um, is you're in a relationship with them some kind. And so, but in terms of traditional relationship, no. Um, it's mostly focused on other people right now. So, <laughs> I feel it. all right. So, I'm going to go through the names of everybody and just kind of, uh, if you could give a, a sentence or two about each one of them uh, when you initially met them. Yeah. Uh, so, we see from the Jersey Shore, Pauly D. Yeah. What was your first take going in? What you know of Pauly D. And then meeting Pauly D. Yeah. Um, what I knew of him was just a party guy. Loved to hook up. Um, when I met him, he was the friendliest guy, biggest heart. Ton of fun, funny, um, and uh, real clean. You know, I always yep. thought, you know, you see Paulie, you see he's really clean. So uh, then we meet Miss Aubrey from yeah. Danity Kane originally, and this I, is that you connected with her uh, upon initial meeting. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, the thing about Aubrey before meeting her, I just assumed, you know, she hey, she's a performer. Um, you know, she dated I think P Diddy for a while. A couple. Um, yeah. I knew that she was talented. Um, you know, and then when I met her, I was surprised actually how deep she went. She's actually pretty deep. When you talk to her on a one-on-one level, mm-hmm. like she's a lot of interesting, deep things to say. And um, you know, from a psychology perspective, that was interesting to me. Um, you know, she's also you know a lot in her head, and yeah. she projects a lot of that. So um, there's a lot of drama around that too. <laughs> so um, you know, I have to say overall, though, she was much more deep. She was much deeper and more sort of authentic in one-on-one situations than I expected her to be. Uh, I want to branch off of that really quickly. You said um, she was deep and that kind of... She uh, she was deep and then she also lives in her head a little bit. Um, when you say that, that yeah. rings a bell for me personally. And so my question to you is... Uh, Living in your head, is that because due to past experiences, you would say, and uh, just kind of putting that guard up as far as like, okay, every situation I go in, I have to think about my past situations and, you know, put all of those stigmas into what I'm dealing with in the present? Yeah, that's a great question. Wow, you're going deep on me so, right now. Boy, you know, um, this, this is why I go home and, and think about for the, my life. So this is a great, <laughs> so I think it's a great show and I loved, and I do want to say this about the show, E. Um, I love that it got a little, they had some little ratch moments, but for the most part, this show is where I would love to see reality television going, taking celebrities and authentically putting them in these types of situations. So I love that. But go ahead, sorry about that, but going no, into that. Uh, no, it's 100% actually related um, to what I was going to say because, um, you know, the interesting thing is, yes, yeah, so put my psycholo- positive psychology expert hat on for a second. Um, you know, being in your head and, and being a ruminator, right, um, tends to lead to a very unhappy life and it leads to unhappy relationships. When you're always in your head, you're very rarely present with people. And so it makes it hard to actually enjoy yourself and enjoy your life. Part of that is genetic, mm. uh, but part of that is also, um, you know, a, a result of upbringing and past experiences. And the tendency is that if left unchecked, it tends to only get worse. You know, when you're a ruminator, you worry a lot, you think a lot. Um, it doesn't tend to get better on its own. Um, so it's something that you often seek, um, you know, sort of experts help with, um, you know, whether that's through books or through therapy or something up to you. Um, so that's that's the first part of that. The second part of that is that, yes, 
um, while that can be a disadvantage, it can also be an advantage. So, for instance, with Aubrey, she's very much in her head. She's a very, actually, very intelligent and deep woman, and yet at the same time, um, you know, that hurts her her relationships and it hurts her personal life or whatnot. Um, but the show overall is a pretty. It's I mean, for a reality show, reality TV show, it's a really pretty deep show. And if yeah. you hear a lot of what Dr. Darcy is saying and what Laurel is saying, and hopefully what I'm saying occasionally, um, it's something that actually can help change your life. And so I have to agree with you, you know, I was surprised, and that's one of the things I was most surprised by, um, was that, you know, E was producing a TV show, um, and they always do great TV shows, uh, but one that was like hitting people from a different perspective. And it was, you know, sort of diving more deeply into what's going on with relationships, what's going on with people. And, um, you know, they brought in this really great therapist, Dr. Darcy, who has a lot of really interesting things to say. Listen, she's Ivy League. You know, so, um, you know, legitimate, um, deeply credentialed. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's a totally different show. And I do hope that reality TV uh, sort of goes in that direction. Yeah, I think yeah. we definitely need a conversation for the stuff. You know, I'm all here for Ratch Television, if anyone here at AfterBuzz knows that. But I think there needs to be a conversation after we watch stuff like that that kind of breaks down what was happening. Because I think Bad Girls Club tried to do something similar, but I'm loving the way E took this show. Um, all right, so let's who do we have next? We got Josh Murray, The Bachelor. He's from The Bachelorette. So he's an I'm not a Bachelorette person, but this was really intriguing to me because... To have someone who's already been in a game show type mentality. Yeah. yeah. What would you say was kind of the difference between him and some of the other celebrities in there? Yeah, you know, um, I'm, that's a great question, man. You know, I'm not sure exactly. Like before meeting Josh in person, I just knew him as this like really great looking, nice guy, you know, that was on the, you know, that was on this former show that I never watched either. I mean, and so, um, you know, the bachelor. So, so after meeting him though, I mean, I was really surprised. I mean, he's a really authentic guy, really nice, just a genuinely nice guy. He's like, you know, just the kind of guy you want to hang out with. And, um, you know, at the same time, I, I wonder a little if, you know, kind of being on those types of shows doesn't put you in a position of just feeling a little less, um, a little more defensive, Right. Um, and a little more paranoid, maybe. And um, I don't know if that was Josh's experience. I don't want to, you know, um, sort of speak for him. But I certainly think that if I was in this position like him and I had been on, you know, sort of game type of reality shows in the past, I'd probably be a little suspicious, maybe. And I might have my defenses up more than some of the other folks. Um, you know, so I think with Josh, you know, we I think he had a really great experience. I mean, everything I know about his experience on the show was really positive. And I also know that he's wanted to go deeper um, you know, in terms of you know his own relationships, in terms of his own understanding of sort of around love and and all that good stuff. But um, you know, I mean, he's genuinely interested in finding love. Like Josh isn't just saying it to say it; he means it. Right. Um, we had uh, Ca- Callum Best from oh, yeah. Big Brother UK. I not Callum before the show. I knew he was a legitimate actor. Um, you know, I knew that he modeled a little bit in Europe with Brandy, apparently. Um, you know, when they were a little younger and everything, but um. Callum again like you know what you're saying said earlier about it just being you know a little bit deeper of a reality show it's sort of hitting on some things um, that aren't um, sort of business as usual reality TV Um, it just it resonates again in this conversation about Callum because Callum's really deep I mean in fact you you talk to Callum he's a really intelligent guy really quick really witty 
um, you talk to them, and before long, you're like, wow, this is going to a place I never expected it to. <laughs> yeah. You know, and in fact, in plenty of the scenes, we had to like back up. Like, this is okay. This is great and interesting, but it's not as entertaining probably for most folks as it could be. Mm-hmm. So let's you know move the conversation somewhere somewhere else. So that was interesting. Uh, Callum also is you know he's got a temper, uh, <laughs> so um, he he has no problem admitting that. Um, you know, he, so you know that was a challenge I think sometimes on the show, and I'm sure you'll probably see some of that playing out with Brandy um, over the course of. Um, you know, the next episode, maybe I think I saw a hint of that. Um, Speaking of temper, we had the feisty, fiery Latina, Miss Samaya Reese, uh, who originally people, uh, you guys might have noticed, uh, met her off of Love and Hip Hop New York, the original crew. Um, she has then gone on to do her whole music career and whatnot. Um, and lost a lot of weight and looks incredible and amazing. And it's interesting to watch this because she is a friend of mine off of the show and so to hear her love life from that aspect and then see her in this positioning it's it, it it's really interesting i'm actually very excited to see how she grows what was your kind of take with samaya yeah that's all um i have to say before seeing this show i didn't really i didn't know a ton about her i just know you know that she was like you know had lost a lot of weight just looked fantastic um you know was a musician and a rapper and all that stuff and um you know and talented in her own respect and then when i met her i was even more impressed by the fact that i mean listen she's got a huge heart yep. for one um really does i mean she really does care about people and the other thing that i thought was really interesting is that um she's entertaining she's hilarious like when you talk to you and you listen she's hilarious and entertaining and yes she also um you know she's not backing down from anyone and uh you know she if she doesn't like you she's gonna let you know it and uh, I wouldn't want to get in her way, man. She looks like she could probably throw a mean right hook. Oh, so. yeah. And I thought she was a great choice for y'all to put in there because, some, you know, I mean, there, there's a couple good ones that they, they really picked some good people who can keep it cute, but then at the same time still know how to stir that little pot. <laughs> That's right. It's so true, man. It's so true. Like Willis McGee, who to me stirs the pot without even knowing he's stirring the pot because <laughs> he, everything that comes out of his mouth, I just want to be like, boy. Why would you offer her anything in the bathroom right now? I, what? Crazy. Yeah, and that that jo- listen that plays itself out. That joke plays itself out over and over again in the course of the series. You know, you have to pay attention because you'll hear. And sometimes, sometimes we don't even mean it, but we make a comment about the bathroom, and everybody looks at Willis, right? I mean, so it's um, man, yeah, Willis is funny because. You know, on first before meeting, I just knew this is you know, I mean, outstanding athlete, right? Professional football player. Um, you know, and uh, I didn't know a whole lot about him. And then when I got to know him, I mean, boy, he's um, he's one of those guys that can be real quiet, um, you know, and kind of reserved. Um, but when you get to meet him, he's just, I mean, just an interesting guy. Um, also, a real kind of like just a lover, man. Like he won't, he probably wouldn't say it that way, but I would. And um, the other thing about Willis is, yeah, he says things sometimes and they could be two words or ten words or six words but it's punchy often and if you're not paying attention you might not realize how deep he just went but Willis is uh Willis is funny man I, I think we had a great time with Willis on the show and he was definitely 
a very positive addition. Um, so I kind of wanted to break off from that and expand a little bit. So Willis, here we have, and it's kind of an epidemic, you know. I, I mean, it's kind of been one for a while, but I guess we're <laughs> acknowledging it here in 2016. Uh, we watch shows like Love and Hip Hop or uh, Black Ink Crew or whatnot, and we see someone like Willis McGee, who's from the NFL, who the NFL does have a cloud around it that you know if you date an athlete they're probably going to cheat on you or whatnot eight kids seven baby mamas yeah. uh we see this a lot in life and we see the women kind of going after the other women uh with where do you take that mentality how do i want to word this where does that does that mentality of seven seven Baby mamas, eight kids, stem from love? Yeah. Um, <laughs> man, that sounds like a trick question. It, it, it um, may, partially, I mean, I'm trying to figure this out for my own, so, you know what I mean, my life. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I love it. I love it. You know, to, to be honest with you, um, you know, I don't know a whole lot about Willis's backstory. I do know those details, um, you know, but Willis is a guy from all, from what I know, I mean, this is a guy that loves love. I mean, he does love love, and, and and there's no question about that. Now, whether or not every relationship he's had in the past has stemmed from love, or if it's been more about lust, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's um, up for discussion. And really, at the end of the day, only Willis would know that. Um, but I'm I'm assuming that you know because they didn't work out, um, you know, it certainly wasn't true love, so to speak. So um, you know, I I, I I sympathize with Willis because um, I know that he catches a lot of slack about that and. Um, you know, and, um, and you know, lots of folks will say he earned that. I don't know. Um, I do know that um, you'll see it over the course of the of the next few episodes. Um, somebody very surprising has something very interesting and helpful to say about that. Like somebody you wouldn't expect to help be helpful with that. And um, because that's a difficult thing, you know. Can you imagine meeting you know a new woman or something like that and saying, "Hey," and she says, "Oh, you know, do you have any kids?" And he's and he says, "Well, yeah, I've got you know eight kids." And they say, "Oh." Well, wow! How many times have you been married? And he says, "You know, well, how many women have you been with?" Well, that was with seven, seven women. I mean, that's a tough. Like, talk about icebreakers. I'm, you know. See, to me, I, now I wonder if that's gonna be Brandy because I don't know why. I just initially felt like Brand. Let's talk about Brandy because Brandy, I don't really watch Beverly Housewives, but I, I enjoyed scenes that I've seen her on there. I think she's uh, entertaining for reality TV. But her story's really dope, like, because we've all been in that situation. Well, I'm not going to say we all. I've been in that situation where you have thought you were given the world and you show up and you get this sense of, like, wait a minute, is something going on? And then all of a sudden, someone else is telling you, you find out he in this other relationship, and then it's just crashed. And then to hear her, the strength that she has in her to say... It wasn't about me. It was about the kids and having to move on for them. That was awesome. What was your take on Brand- meeting Brandy? A great question. I mean, you know, and you and you put put that so well. Before meeting Brandy, I always, you know, I didn't know much. To be honest with you, I didn't know much about her. I just knew that um, the perception was this is someone who has a lot of dra- drama surrounding her in her life, both her personal life and her professional life, um, in terms of the reality TV and whatnot. And um, so, you know, I didn't know a whole lot other than that. And um, and then when I met her, to be honest with you, I was shocked because I was like, "This is the same person that everybody's been telling me X, Y, and Z about." Because she's she was the sweetest person. I mean, she had the nicest things to say. She had the biggest heart. She's talking about her kid, you know, her family life and all that stuff like that. And uh, and then she began sharing the story of what happened with her, you know, ex husband and all. And 
um, you know, it was really interesting because I saw a much more, um, a much softer, kinder Brandy um, in this show, at least in moments, mm -hmm. than I'd ever seen um, from other shows when I'd seen clips from other shows and whatnot. And so um, it was really interesting because, um, you know, there's a human element to all these folks, you have to remember at the end of the day, and um, lots of stuff, lots of stuff happens, and um, life could be very challenging. I'm not saying that people don't earn it and deserve um, the reputation that they have, but in the case of Brandy, I have to say, you know, um, she's a lot, she's a huge heart, and she was a lot softer and kinder, at least to me, um, than I expected. Um, so, really great question, and um, I was pretty surprised by that. Uh, and then last but not least, we have Miss Jessica White, the fabulous supermodel, um, who is, as she claims, a gypsy in her own mind and lives apparently in the 70s. So very interesting um, aura about her. Uh, upon meeting her on the carpet, it was interesting because it was her, Aubrey, and Darcy. And so the three of them together was such an interesting, eclectic group of personalities. Because you have Aubrey, who's just blunt. And then you have Darcy, who's just so poised and professional. And then here's Jessica, just this free spirit of love and life and light. What was that experience like? <laughs> you painted that picture perfectly. <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's so funny. That you, and I'd like to hear more about your experience as well. But, you know, I have to say that with Jessica... You know, I didn't have a whole, I didn't have a really full picture of what, from a personality perspective, um, you know, what she'd be like. And, um, you know, I just knew her as somebody I had dated, you know, I think she had dated Nick Cannon and Sean mm -hmm. Penn and some of these folks. And so I didn't really know much. And then she's a model. And so I just knew she probably takes, you know, she took fantastic pictures. Um, and then, but when I uh, met her, she was a lot, you're right, she was a lot more um, sort of spiritual, hippie-like than I expected her to be. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she's like really like legitimately into that stuff. And uh, so that resonated with me because I got my own, you know, spiritual side. Um, so we talked a lot about that kind of stuff. And she also, she's really quick too on her feet. Okay. Like, you know, in terms of just, she loves that mental sparring. Um, so, you know, that was pretty interesting. I wasn't expecting that from her. You know, often models get the reputation of not being all that deep and that's not a reputation that um, you know many of them have earned because lots of them you know like Jessica for instance um, have a lot of really interesting and deep and profound things to say mm -hmm. um, so yeah it was it was wild meeting her in person because it was different from uh, you know what I've been led to believe or expected um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about some of the uh, situations that happened on the past two episodes so really from the first one what I want to uh, dive into is they're all at this club and at this club people are walking up to them and they have to interact with people uh we see this guy in a pink shirt yeah and at first he was talking to who i thought samaya and then Polly came over and he was being Polly and just tipsy and the thing about Polly is this because i feel like i'm very similar because i'm from the east coast and Polly is from like rhode island which is very close to cape cod boston so like where we're from you crack on people like it's just how we show our appreciation and love and it's there's no negativity and if you watch any of my shows here and the things that i describe people and all that it there's no negativity it's all love but i, I do what, leaving the east coast and coming over to la i've realized oh the whole world ain't like that so <laughs> i have to pull myself back and i think this was a moment where 
I was a little irritated with Samaya because I wish she didn't attack Brandy in this moment. I wish she used this moment to more so educate Polly. Um in being like, you know, that's cool. Kind of like where Darcy said at the end, she said, maybe it was your celebrity that might, you don't realize your celebrity intimidates people. So you joking around and you clowning around like that, yeah, it is funny, but he's not looking at himself on the same platform. Um, what was your take watching this scenario from outside? Because I'm assuming you had gone in the club afterwards, so were you watching this scenario uh, happen and then they had kind of sent you in? or? Such a good question. Yeah, we were we were there the whole time for most of, most most of the whole time. Yeah, we were actually there the whole time, and uh, so we're observing a lot of this happen. Um, we couldn't necessarily, as dating coaches, see or hear all the details because, to be honest with you, there's a table and uh, all the cast members at the table, and there's like 13 cameras surrounding them, so right. you can't really hear or see through that sort of barricade. Um, but we did. We were. I got a little sort of bird eye, bird's eye view of the whole scenario, and. You know, what's interesting about that is, and you explained it so well, you know, with um, Paulie is from the East Coast and, you know, he is uh, sort of very, you know, he's very Jersey and he, and, and when you're from the, and you're right, like cracking on people from the, when you're from the East Coast is like, it's almost like, it's almost a term of endearment. It really, it really is. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, and, and him also, you have to, the thing I had to remember with him often is, I mean, how long has he been doing reality TV shows? I mean, he's a professional. He's more of a professional at doing a reality TV show than anybody else on that show. Yeah. I mean, than even Brand. I mean, he is, you know. And um, That's a good way he, of looking at it. Yeah, you know, so when he says something or he does something, it's not that it's not authentic or genuine. He's being himself completely. That's something that he would do off camera. But with the cameras being on, you know, it was even, he's probably even, I would imagine, less aware of the impact that it might have on this kid who's not from the East Coast, who mm-hmm. doesn't really know what's going on, and is feeling like totally taken advantage of or embarrassed in front of like, you know, a national audience, right. uh, let alone all these other celebrities. So the celebrity thing is there, the, 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 the TV thing is there, and all these things are playing up um, this one event. And I have to agree with you, like, you know, I think, um, you know, in ill situation, you know, really, the person that probably should have been addressed was Polly, and he was the one who got off scot free, right? Nobody said, right? Polly. And um, you know, and part of that too, I think, is people know his heart. So you know, he's got a huge heart. You meet him in person, if you talk to anybody on the street, they come up to him, they're nice to him, he's nice to everybody. And um, so he might have got off scot free because of who he is and because of his heart. Whereas Brandy has this reputation, and Samaya has this reputation. You've got two alpha females, and instantly, even before they meet each other, they know they're going to hate each other, maybe. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, I have to agree. I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, it was I'm sure there were better ways of handling that situation uh, than, than the way it played out. Of course there were. Um, all right. In the second episode, so you come out, you and uh, Laurel come out as the dating coaches and the testing. And so let's talk a little bit about uh, the recap of that. Um, you said, upon meeting Aubrey, she goes deep fast, but you felt Aubrey was so quick to blow you off. Um, where did you, when, when you say she was so quick to blow you off, did you notice that she was into the conversation or did you notice that there was a moment where she was tired or was it just genuinely because at that time, Jessica had got up, Jessica was her comfort friend in the moment and she kind of just went with her was it similar to that yeah yeah 
Such a great, that's a, such a great point. And um, yeah, so there's a, there, you're right, there's a lot going on there. Um, one is that when I had the conversation with Aubrey, I mean, it was a really interesting, fascinating conversation. We didn't get to see most of that conversation that wasn't, you know, didn't make it to the, to the actual episode. Um, but really interesting, really fascinating, and lots of default details about her personal life, which I'm sure they'll reveal slowly over time, um, you know, so that we can digest it. But um, she, it was a very and, and she had she was very explicit about saying, "Hey, I really enjoyed this conversation. This is you know really interesting, and I like the way your mind works and all those kinds of things." And so, it, it, and because of that kind of response that I get. That's, she indicated that she was, you know, interested in conversation. And left the entire scene and situation there. It just, you know, specifically, if I had been just a guy that was there to flirt with Aubrey and because I was just interested in Aubrey for, you know, and I wasn't in a dating coach scenario, I would have said, man, I sure do feel blown off. What happened here? I thought we had an interesting conversation. You seemed to tell me so. Right. And, um, and yet you just sort of, you know, bounced. And um, so, but from a dating coach perspective, I see it a lot differently than that. You know, I didn't, um, I wouldn't have, I didn't take it, take offense to it as a dating coach. However, you know, I think it's a little bit difficult. You know, if you're Aubrey, you know, the, you've got to be careful of that because she's saying on one hand that she wants to have these kinds of conversations, that she lives for these conversations. And on the other hand, when the conversation happens, she's not, you know, sticking around to see it play out. And um, that's problematic for a number of reasons. Uh, from a positive psychology expert or dating coach perspective, it's problematic because, you know, when it comes to relationships or any experience, folks only remember beginnings and endings. So you could have the best beginning. You can meet someone, introduce yourself. They love who you are. They love how you look. You can have a great conversation, okay? But if you peel off, they either won't remember you at all or if they do remember you, it's totally negative. So if Aubrey's doing that consistently, that's a problem. Um, because people are going to have really negative perception of her despite having a really great conversation with her. Okay. Uh, you ta- you spoke about alpha females, so obviously we have a house filled with them. Uh, we see Brandy saying, she goes, and which I would say is it probably a defense mechanism, um, I only get along with guys. I, 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 I see myself usually getting along with, yep. the, with the men more. Um, in the moment that she's doing that, we see her chest is out and Aubrey, Samaya, and Jessica start gossiping about her. And they start, you know, oh, I heard she's 40 and she always has her tits out. And, you know, she's all about the... Look, she's over there with all these guys. Um, we're all here for the same thing, right? We're all here for love. We all know that here we are, seven fuck-ups in the house. Um, where does that stem from, would you say? Is that a, a little bit of jealousy? Is that a little bit of um, ignorance and not understanding another woman, another woman? Because I think a lot of the times where our relationships don't work... Like, for me, I, as a gay male, all my friends are females. It's very hard for me to connect with gay males to a certain point. And so, in this situation, when I heard Brandy stay that, make that statement, it was interesting to me. And, and it was kind of like, why does she do that? Why does she connect with men on that level? And is it because she feels like, well, if I connect with them on a friendship level, I don't have to invest myself because now we're just friends and it can never cross into that? Oh, wow. Powerful man, you broke that down. <laughs> I think I have to think that for sure. It's a very complex issue. I think that's definitely part of it. You nailed it. Um, you know, it's one way or another. It's safe, and so part of it being safe 
could simply be a function of, like you said, um, you know, not having to worry, still being able to get the emotional connection um, from men, but putting herself in a position where it's still safe so she doesn't have to feel like she's involved in an actual relationship, so there's Hmm. less at stake. Um, You know, another part of that could just be based on experience that, you know, that either growing up or whether it was in her childhood or shortly after that in young adulthood, um, she just connected with men because they made her feel safe for some reason. Um, Maybe she just had bad experiences with women or she, the way she digests digested experiences that she had with women was in a sort of negative way. Um, but, you know, it's a pretty complex issue. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, we often do what's safe and what feels comfortable or familiar. That's the important thing, what's familiar. And so, you know, it's usually just a, you know, a function of, um, you know, having done it so much in the past that it's now feels like home. And speaking of familiar, you guys totally took them out of that, and you gave them their first Sunset Cruise Challenge. They had to find dates on the 3rd Street Promenade. Now, let me tell you all something about the 3rd Street Promenade. I used to have to... what was that? I was selling children. I'm just kidding. I was working as a canvas person uh, for Children's International, um, which you guys should totally check out and... Uh, go support okay but I was doing that over there so it's really hard to talk to people because when people are at the third street promenade they're thinking about one thing and that is shopping not talking to you so now you got seven celebrities running around the third street promenade trying to find a relationship it was so awkward first of all Callan looked like he was like hunting deer or something yeah Brandy actually to me I would say she was the champion of it because she seemed to not have a problem to walk up and talk to anybody that's interesting you say that because Brandy took the longest to find someone. She really? was the very last. But the way you know the way that it played out on uh, in the episode, it looked it, it did. You get the perception that she was just you know it was no problem for her. But actually, it was the most problem for her. It was most difficult. Where did Aubrey shut down? Where did you notice like like because <laughs> she really? shut down before the exercise started. She shut down when the exercise was mentioned, like before. Before, I would say, as soon as the exercise came out of Darcy's mouth, Aubrey has already shut down. She mm-hmm. was shut down before she even entered that exercise. Interesting. Sure. And what did you get from the uh, Callan and Polly D uh, saying, let's, let's join forces? What, what was, was, what's your take? That was great. Okay. And, you know, to be honest, yeah, and to be honest with you, Polly is... Uh, Man, he's got no problem talking to people. And it's not his problem. Like, you know, meeting people, talking to people, keeping the conversation going. He's got no problem with that. And he makes everybody around him feel more comfortable, particularly in that situation. So I kind of love that um, because, you know, Callum is um, a really great conversationalist and he has no problem introducing himself and everything to people. Um, and yet still, Polly comes across much more conversational, much more relaxed, at least in that on that third street promenade situation. So I think they benefited each other in that way. Um, uh, that was a, I think that was a really smart idea. I kind of wanted the you know, girls to do something similar. But. Yeah, that's what I was waiting for, too. All right, so they go on this date, and then all of a sudden, Aubrey's like, well, you know what? I didn't participate, but I'm just going to cock block everybody. So she runs around the boat. We see her. She uh, went to Brandy's date, Preston, and she... Uh, when she realized, like, or came across, like, when he didn't recognize who or what she did, she was kind of like, hmm, came over this, moved on to the next one. She sits with Josh and his date, and, oh, you're a singer, and the, it's just so funny, because she reminds me exactly of a friend of mine. I'm just like, girl, you are deflecting your love life right now, and meddling in all these other people's love lives right now, 
And you need to be focused on your own. You should have got you a damn uh, pedestrian off the street so you could have a practice dummy. Because, but I do love Aubrey how quick her ton is though. Because the Josh's date and shout out to Josh's date for not backing down. But okay. Aubrey said, uh, "Can you sing something?" She said, "Yeah, sure." Um, after you, <laughs> I was like, "Okay, girl, you gotta come for Aubrey." And then Aubrey gonna say, "Oh, well, I have two platinum albums, and I'm not doing that to myself." <laughs> Totally. That's why I fuck with you, Aubrey. Uh, so then after that, we see Jessica drifting away from the date. Okay, now I know editing can do some stuff, but how awkward was this in real life? Yeah, it was pretty uncomfortable. I mean, particularly, I think, obviously, for Robert. I mean, you know, listen, this guy is um, this guy is no lightweight. I mean, he's successful, extremely successful. I'll just leave it at that. And, um, you know, this guy flies back and forth, forth, I think, to Tokyo, like, regularly. And he dropped a whole bunch of stuff to make that date happen. And, um, you know, and he's a really interesting guy. He's easy to talk to. And, um, you know, has a lot in common with Jessica. So it was extremely uncomfortable for him. I mean, he played it off well. Like, he wasn't so bothered. But you can read his body language and see that he wasn't happy. (laughs) You know, he wasn't enjoying himself. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure he was, you know, kicking himself, thinking, well, I can't believe I dropped all this other stuff. Who knows how much money he could have made in that, in those couple hours um, that he for you know that he um, you know basically sacrificed instead of so he could go on the cruise. So when she uh, says tired, oh I'm tired, I'm drained of being on. I mean, is that here's a question for relationship wise? Like, do you, when you go into a relationship, like I mean, I've I've looked at it two different ways. It's like okay, I can go in being the best Jesse that I can be, or I can go in being like. Look, this is who the fuck I am. Like, you know what I mean? And I, I do. I, I struggle with that. And so when she said the on thing, it made me think, well, girl, like, what do you mean you're on? Like, you, we're here to be our authentic selves, you know? So what? where does the draining come from? Was it from the, the situation? Was it something that you think was just deeper and that's just how she is? And where? what would you say about, like, the on personality and initially meeting someone? Because you don't want to get drained. And, you know, there are times where, you know, me personally, I've sat with someone for six hours and I'm, I could go another six. Or then, you you know, you meet someone, you're talking for, like, 30 minutes, and you're like, okay. Was it, where would you say that on and the draining come from? Yeah, such a great question. I think you're a dating coach, and I think you're, <laughs> you really are. <laughs> you're just a... You know, closet one. I think, you know, what's interesting is, um, okay, so I think that's a challenge with all of them. And to be honest with you, um, the basic premise of the show, if you really are thinking about it, is here are some folks um, that are getting to know themselves that might not know themselves quite as well as they could. I mean, who of us do know ourselves that well? Right, um, right. But, but, and, and, and um, have a public persona that they have a deep investment in maintaining and um, and they're going out into the world trying to meet people and 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 trying to be authentic in meeting people. So there's like a whole you know there's a conflict here um, within each of them about who they are versus who they want to be and who other people think they are and and, and all this is going on in their heads. So um, with Jessica especially, that's a big deal. Um, you know she she does have this kind of persona that she puts on um, and um, you know. And it's interesting, and it's fascinating, it's entertaining, it's all those things. And then there's a, and, the, and there's the Jessica that's the real Jessica when she's just in a room by all by herself or in her household by herself. And that played out a little in that scene. That's exactly what you picked up. And so, um, you know, it's tough because I agree with you. You know, the last thing you want to do is um, put forth 
like this image of yourself that's not you and that and then you know meet somebody great they believe and they buy into the image and then after six months you're exhausted Mm -hmm. from keeping up this image and they're exhausted and then you both drop each other's PR agent and you get to meet (laughs) each other directly you know and uh, and you realize you don't like each other so I agree with being um, completely authentic now I think you have to also like take that with a grain of salt really understand what that means like most of us don't really aren't all that self-aware so we don't really know who we are we just know who people have told us we are or yeah. who we think we want to be so we say and, and then that's who we say we are we oh yeah well you know everybody always said I was really smart so I'll play I'll, I'll play to that and everybody said I'm really funny so I'll play to that but like at the end of the day maybe you, you find being funny all the time exhausting and maybe you find being smart all the time exhausting and so I don't know there's a lot going on here that um, you know can't necessarily be um, made explicit because it is a TV show but man you just nailed it with Jessica I mean that was such an uncomfortable situation she um, you know she does she is conflicted by that for sure um, so we get to the recap day um, Brandy basically says that she feels Aubrey needs an ego check Um and that she, her, and well, Brandy went into this whole thing basically where she wanted to be a relationship coach and tell Aubrey about herself. Um, and it kind of turned negative because Aubrey took that. And it's just so intriguing how women are because you, we learned so much in the second episode. Now, in the second episode, we learned that uh, Aubrey felt. Brandy didn't like her the moment she saw her. And then it makes me go back to the NBC carpet where it was Samaya and Brandy to get team together. And then it was Aubrey, Jessica, and Darcy together. And now I'm wondering, okay, well, maybe Aubrey and uh, Brandy really don't be getting along like that. So we get into this cattiness. Now it's the two blonde girls who don't get along. It's the two, you know... uh, Th- that intrigues me within it and you know does there is there jealousy there is there where does that hatred for one of another co- they don't know each other and they probably if they had a conversation would probably get along very well because they've probably been through the same types of situation and Aubrey you sitting up here I love you girl but you sitting up here talking about her breasts are always out girl yours are too you know what I mean like so like, it ain't like she ain't got her nipples all on the damn thing you know next week she looked like she might be making out with a few men and we'll talk about that next week but we aren't there yet so where does this anger come from? Because the other thing, I, I did love the ending of this because I saw Aubrey, and I love this, when you can finally just say, I receive. It's the hardest thing in the world. Trust me. I'm, that's why I wear my What Would Jesus Do bracelet because I need to be reminded on a daily basis. Um, you know, for where did that anger for come from between these women? Yeah, wow. It's such a great point. Listen, um, the one thing I know for sure, that's such a deep question, and it's one that um, I can't answer necessarily because I don't have access to these people's past lives and past relationships except for what I read online. But I will tell you that based on what I know, you know, anger is always always upside down sadness, right? It's always upside it's you know you're projecting your sadness onto someone else and you're taking it out on them, but it's always upside down sadness. And so what that means is that at some point in time in their lives they've had major disappointments, and I'm guessing those. Disappointments were revolved around relationships, whether it was with women or with men um, or with their parents. It probably had a huge part, huge something to do with it as well. Um, but, you know, when you've got two, when you've got such strong personalities, two alpha females um, that are used to being the center of attention, um, you're just bound to have conflict, particularly if they're invested in those. But, Rob, if she, okay, so we get to the, the, the center of attention story, right? Where that's what Brandy's even saying. She's like, she just wants to be the star. She wants to be, she's obsessed with this fame thing. 
But where we hear that she's obsessed with fame, all we're seeing is her deflecting everything. Right. So, so how do you, you become the center of attention, but you deflect so much? Well, um, uh, the question is, what is she deflecting? Right. So, so she's deflecting the negative energy onto other people. Mm-hmm. She's, so, right. So, so like rule 101 of really relationships um, and, and psychology is, um, or psychology, you know, psychology 101, relationships 101 is everything is projection. Mostly everything is projection. And so, um, you know, particularly negative things, right? And so what Aubrey is challenged by a lot, and a lot of us are challenged by this a lot, is that we tend to, what we aren't able to accept within ourselves, we project onto other people. And we all do it all day. Oh, amen. Day, sure right? do. Yeah. So, so um, to a large extent, particularly when negative comments come out of thin air, um, you know, and uh, they often do, and they don't have to come out of thin air, but, but largely when they do, it's projection. You're projecting something you feel on the inside and Darcy nailed that if you if you heard what Darcy said she just nailed it she said it sounds Aubrey like what you're feeling on the inside you're sort of imposing on Brandy and saying that she's feeling that but it's you that's feeling that and so often when we have difficulty like accepting how we feel about something we'll project it on another person to take it out on them um you know a really extreme version of that is people that are cutters right people that cut themselves you know they're they're looking for a way to kind of project what they're feeling on to their own body. Uh, we often do that with each other all the time. We, you know, we project on other people when we're not willing to accept or admit to something we feel on the inside. And so it's so a like when thing. when they like were the talking about day, the, a lot of projection. When they were talking about like, oh, her tits are always out and she look at her like she's all over these guys. Is that would you say? I'm not saying them specifically, but we hear this in life. Like girls will judge other girls, and it's like, girl, did you see what you posted on Instagram? Like. Yeah is you know is that pre- that's so you're saying that stem all stems from typically projection well yeah all judge okay at the end of the day all judgment really is self-judgment it mm. just is um and what, what does that mean that means that that means what i see in you i strengthen in myself sometimes we say it that way sometimes we say um I what like i that. can't admit to myself or can't accept within myself I will judge you for, I will project on you. And so all it really means is that, so for instance, um, you know, if I feel, um, you know, really insecure about something, um, you know, whatever it is, I might crack on somebody else about it. But deep down inside, it's me. I'm not saying that that's what Paulie did at all. Paulie's just being funny. But often what we do is we crack on other people, we judge other people for either something that we can't accept or admit within ourselves. And that's not always true, but largely it is. If you pay attention, um, you'll notice how much of life is projection. Like, for instance, if I was like right now, hey, um, you know, you want something to drink? Would you like a glass of water? Doesn't mean that I don't want you to have a glass of water. But to be honest with you, I'm probably thinking that I want some water first, okay? And I just happen to include you in that. That's often what happens. Like, we don't like to admit that, but it's true. Like, if I ask you if you want a glass of water, often I'm not just being nice. I wanted a glass of water, and I just happen to remember you. Right. Mm. You know, so it's kind of, it's a little bit of that. Um, but the truth is, you know, you can't really judge somebody um, without it affecting you. You know, and if you really love yourself and if you really want to be happy, um, dropping judgment is like the only way to do it. Um Eventually, people come around to understanding that. So, uh, yeah. So to wrap this segment up, so basically, one thing I loved from it was that well, that I was intrigued by. Is she said, "Yeah, you know, I just find it easier that if I walk up to some, you know, to deal with uh, people who, if I walk up to them and I say fuck you, bitch,' they can just calmly say, you know what, I'm not going to receive it like that.'" 
And it was so interesting to me that that's the type of person she goes out and looks for. But then when Brandy did it, it was like, for that moment, these are the type of people that you search for, but you can't become that person. Well, and, and, and so you, geez, man, you've got some great, great insightful comments. Because what that what, she, what is she saying there? Let's think about what she's saying. She's saying to me, this is what I hear. I'm looking for someone to unconditionally love me. Boom. Is what she said, right? That's what she's saying. And so, and, and, and the problem with that is, um, you know, if you're looking for somebody outside of you to unconditionally love you, you will look for a very, very long time and never experience unconditional love. At least if you, at least if you live in this world, it, right? Okay. So, to, so what she's saying at an even deeper level is this. I don't know what unconditional love is. I haven't experienced very much of it. Most of the love in my life has been conditional. People have judged me. People have, right? And so, um, so then you get immediate insight into what's going on inside of her head. And so, you know, the only way to really, you know, begin to sort of understand or touch, you know, Aubrey's heart, and which is something that I think Paula does pretty well because he is a pretty, uh, he's a very loving guy, mm-hmm. is that he offers her a taste of that, a taste of what it's like to be unconditionally loving and give her unconditional positive regard. And that's also why she has a pretty good relationship with Darcy as well, um, because Darcy, as blunt as she could be and as honest as she could be, at the end of the, at the end of the day, like, sort of offers up this space where Aubrey can be unconditionally loved or at least receive unconditional positive regard. And um, that's what's going on right there. And I love that the first thing Aubrey said was, oh, Pauly D was here, I couldn't even stand. He just seemed such a tool. Like, and, <laughs> and it's always that. You never, you, you, you cannot label it. You cannot label people, put boxes on people because we, sometimes I feel like we search to date ourselves instead of realizing like, no, you searching to date someone like you means you need to complete yourself and then find the yin to your yang, which probably has nothing to do with anything that you do um and within that we see at the end aubrey breaks down and she says i just don't have the right tools and that's the most amazing thing to own up to because it really does take you it takes a lot of work to get to the point to realize that you don't have the tools to admit to yourself wow i i mean me myself i just went through it i was like shit i lived 28 years thinking i was putting it together and i've been using the wrong fucking tools you know and when you get to that point that's a lot of work to get there and then once you get there you it's like going to ikea you think you're gonna buy the desk but then you realize when you take it home you're like shit well now i got the desk and i gotta put it back now i gotta put it together so that now you at the beginning um when she said the right tools uh what was ending it out what was that moment for you like watching it it's moments like that that make you really love Aubrey, as, mu- as much as you can be mad at her, as much as it frustrates people, as much as she, you know, um, the perception is so negative in so many respects, there's something deeply um, interesting and fascinating and insightful about her. It's a very deep and insightful. It's relatable. Thing. It is very relatable. And, um, you know, every part of me feels very much that she definitely meant it. And um, Darcy's radar, as good as anybody, feels like she definitely meant it. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's quite profound, actually. And um, lots of honesty there. And uh, that's not mm-hmm. an easy thing to do, to be that honest. And so um, just very few people ever come around to saying something like that or, and, and really meaning it. Yep. Um, so I thought that was just fantastic. That's one of those things that you could say, man, I hate Aubrey for this or this or this. You know, I know viewers will say that. But at the same time, she has a moment like that which is just a moment of just an epiphany, like a little mini Satori. And you have to say, there's so much more going on here than you realize. Mm -hmm. And it's about finding those moments. And when you have those realizations, 
to work on them and you don't just have that realization then the next day you just continue doing what you're doing like you take that and you put in the work and you build you pour your concrete um all right let's head into predictions and now your after buzz tv so it looks like we're going to get a house party next week. We get Brandy making out with everybody and then saying that she only wants, you know, Callum. And then he don't really believe her. And then we see Aubrey and Polly making out. And it just looks like... Hookup season. It looks like hookup season, which what else is going to happen when you put seven people in a house? I'm just... The more I watch this, um, I'm just so intrigued to see... I guess it's because I know Samaya and how she loves, and I I can tell Aubrey. Jessica is so intriguing to me because I cannot picture who or what type of man can mesh with her. Because yeah. she's so strong, independent, and almost like in this like daisy love bubble of life that who could pop that? Yeah. That's intriguing to me. Yeah. And then Brandy, oh. also on the opposite end of that where she's in this bubble but it's a life bubble that I feel like she's worked so hard to build to protect herself I would be floored to see her walk away from this show in a relationship yeah yeah that's such a it's interesting um, and you're making such great points you know uh, with Jessica it's interesting because you'll, you'll see something very interesting develop with Jessica over the next uh, episode or two. Something surprising. And you're right. You know, the thing about Jessica is that um, she needs – and one of the first – you know, what we didn't see in that first episode was – was talking to Aubrey for a long time and Jessica was part of that conversation. Um, and Jessica was um, – man, like, she, like I said before, she just loves that back and forth. Like that, just sparring, you know, mm-hmm. like, a, like mental verbal sparring. She just loves it. And if a guy can't offer that to her, she's not interested. She needs someone to keep her on their toes, a challenger, um, you know. And uh, you know, we I talked about with her. I mean, that can be exhausting for guys sometimes, especially when you first meet them. But is that um, also what exhausts her? It does. It, it great question, and that's something that I've talked to her a little bit about. I said, you know, don't you sometimes also want to? She's like, yeah, but you know, how else will I know whether a guy can do that unless I do it right off the, you know, right from the jump. And uh, I get that to some extent, um, but you know everybody's got a little bit of that in them. So you know, I just sort of encourage her to you know be a little softer about that in the beginning um, with guys that she's just met because guys like you said earlier, you know, in addition to her being a celebrity, she's also tall and she's beautiful and she's witty, and that can be intimidating to a lot of guys. Right. Um, so you know, uh, I'm interested. You know, I'm interested to see um, what you think as the next kind of episode or two transpires uh, because she's got a, she's got a pretty she's got a great date i'm excited to see well rob i want to thank you for uh skyping in with us hopefully when you're in la you'll come uh stop by the studio absolutely man i so appreciate you having me absolutely and what's your uh twitter handle and uh where can everyone follow you and you have a book out so we need to promote the book what what, what's the name and we're doing a re-release right yeah, yep, yep. So we got happiness from the inside out. That's the first one you want to grab. There's a lot of um, great stuff in there on relationships. And then um, we're re-releasing Love from the Inside Out, which will be out in about a week. And you can check out, check me out on Instagram at Rob Mac Official. Um, yeah. And totally follow him, you guys, because here's what I love about his Instagram is he posts quotes that he actually writes. Oh, that's true. That's you true. know. 
I'm aspiring to get there. You know what I mean? Because like some of the shit I post, I'm like that don't need no inspirational quote under it. But you know what? Though? You know what? Though? You have such an interest. I mean, in the things people, folks might not know this, but like I like we generally like each other. Like I generally consider you a friend. Like and the stuff that you post on Instagram, I find very interesting. And the things you have to say, even more interesting. Like you're a really deep guy. Like really interesting guy. Like yeah. I, it's very rare to meet someone who's so talented and creative in one respect and then also sort of go so deep in you know other respects whether it's spiritual self-help psychology so child i have to balance this out with all the love and hip-hop they make me watch here at after buzz action (laughs) (laughs) all right well rob yes so when you're in la come in studio as for everyone at home thank you guys for tuning in we totally appreciate it uh join us on this season you know i'm going to be bringing some of the after buzz friends in here so we can talk love life and all that e congratulations on an amazing show uh i'm very excited to see where we go and you know we starting wags up soon too so make sure you guys stay in uh uh, uh, stay in tune with AfterBuzz for that and we're gonna have the cast up in this bitch alright thank y'all for tuning in until next week peace from executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro Phil Svitek and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.